0: With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather round the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Cook Cameron.
1: So I I thought I'd share with you uh, just my experience today going to church Went to church this morning and I was really convicted. I was inspired and motivated by the speaker. It wasn't uh, um, one of the, the normal pastors at the church that I'm a part of. There was a guest speaker, and I'll tell you his name in just a moment. I want to I want to share with you some stories that he shared with us. Um, the worship music was great, and you know hands are raised and people are singing at the top of their lungs. It's just a, a place that's bursting with the Power of the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of people, and there is such a noticeable lack of fear in this congregation, and it is uh, it's life giving. And this speaker walks up, and what I immediately noticed, everybody knows about this speaker is not only that he was just a very large man with a beard uh, and boots. Uh, <laughs> if that wasn't uh, just sort of you know an, an you know an, uh, an imposing enough sight. He had a Belgian Malinois with him. If you know what that is, it's like a cousin to the German Shepherd. They use them as police dogs, military dogs. They're awesome dogs. They're smaller than the German Shepherd, but they are just, they're light on their feet. They have springs in their legs and they have uh, hydraulics in their jaws. And they're just amazing animals. If, if, uh, if you know anything about these Belgian Malinois. And he went up on stage with him up on the, the not the stage, but the altar, you know, at the front of the church and, and brought a chair up and the dog hopped up on the chair. And he explained uh, who he was and basically what what he does. Uh, he was an ex marine, and he now runs a civilian organization that rescues women and children in the most dangerous parts of the world. And so he's all over the Middle East. He's in he's in Europe. He's in Africa. He's in all kinds of places. South America, and he's uh, interrupting and intercepting evil and restoring people who have dealt with trauma. It was pretty intense. And, uh, this is this, the dog was, is, is not only, uh, a, a, a hunter of bad guys. In fact, it was a patch on the back of the dog who was wearing this harness. And the patch said, pedophile hunter. How's that? This is a bad mamma jamma of a, of, of a dog, uh, and a guy, too. Um, he had some amazing stories. And, uh, I got a little nervous during the service because that Malinois, he had his, he was keyed in on me for some reason. I think maybe it was a guy next to me, but one of us, uh, we were, we were kind of like, why are you looking over here? Like, like, obviously like, that dog looked like he was going to go jump on somebody. Uh, but, uh, we were riveted by the stories of the speaker. And this man brought a message out of, uh, first Timothy chapter, verse seven, I think. And it was that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Great verse in scripture. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And he went on to talk about the crisis that we are having in our country today, and even more in our churches today. In our houses of worship, he says, there's a crisis for men of courage and and morals he said we are in sore need of courageous and moral men where are they we are in desperate need of them right now and he talked about the crisis of of men in the churches that he has seen that have that have adopted a, a, a an attitude of passivity in the face of of so much tyranny and evil that is being perpetuated in many different areas. And he sees some of the worst of the worst, again, not just in our country, but all around the world. And uh, he, 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 he called he called men out. And, uh, you know, I was feeling good that I had a beard uh, while, while all this was being said. It just made me feel a little bit more uh, courageous and manly, and a, little more, a little more tough. Uh, th- this will be gone in a couple of weeks, uh, but I was glad I had it at the time. And he talked about how his wife is also uh, a woman of, of courage. He talked about how she was also a martial arts instructor as he was, uh, is, and she was a black belt and she's been in the military as well. And so she said she's very, very capable. And he was talking about one of the missions that he was going to be going on uh, very soon. And he he, he said that, he was preparing and getting ready and it was a very dangerous mission in one of very dangerous places. And he was going there to intercept some evil and rescue some women and some children who have been abused and tortured. And, and, uh, he said that his wife came to him and said, you know, I've been praying and, 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 uh, I think, I think God has spoken to me. And he said, Oh, uh, <laughs> that always scares me when she says God speak to her. Uh, what, what, what did he say? And she said, I think, I think, I think I'm supposed to go with you on this mission. And he said, uh, Uh, no, you're not. He said, she said, no, I think God told me to. He said, no, he didn't. (laughs) And she's, she said, uh, he says, do you know, do you know what they're doing over there? I mean, this is, this is very, very dangerous, particularly for women. And, uh, she said, well, what's the worst thing that they, what's the worst thing that could happen? He's like death. She's like, okay, so I die and then we win. Right. Isn't that how it goes? And he's like, man, my wife, she really believes this stuff, this Bible stuff, that uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I mean, she's all in. She really believes this and she's living this way. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And he said, but honey, still, I, I, I don't want you to go. I, I don't want to go all over, all the way over there to, to rescue someone's uh, wife and children and end up losing mine. And she said, do you know why I want to go with you? He said, why do you want to go with me? She said, because when you and the other men rescue those women from that torture camp, you will not be allowed to hug them. You can't hug them, but I can. And they're going to need that. He was just blown away by his wife's courage. And he said, he said, my wife would rather be a widow than be married to a coward. And he just let that hang in the air silently for us all to just pick up on on the need for courageous moral men in the church, in the family of faith. I'm thinking, man, that's right. We need to stand up for what's right. We need to speak out for those who can't. And then he told a chilling story. He, uh, he said, sometimes people ask me, what's the most powerful weapon you've ever used? Because this is a big guy who uses military uh, weaponry. You know, they, they buy armored vehicles, he said, and they've got, uh, you know, uh, AKs. He called them evil repelling devices, um, you know, with a sling on it. And uh, obviously he's pro-2A and and he's a man of faith. He's a man of God. And he carried a big Bible with him up there when he was talking with us. And he was quoting scripture to us and talking about how God has turned his life around. And then he shared this story. He said, the most powerful weapon that I have ever seen used against evil is the weapon of forgiveness, I kind of leaned forward. I wanted to know what he meant. And he said, I'm trying to remember the story. Uh, Forgive me if I'm, if I'm got a couple details off, but this is, this is how I remember it. He said, he said, when he was a young child, he was abused. He was sexually abused and he was tormented, tortured, everything. He said, all of it. He said, I, I've, I've been to, so many uh, psychologists and I've taken this drug and this drug and this drug and this drug. And as a young man, his life was all about theft and fights and drugs. And, and, and he's been told that he would never be able to function normally again. But then God got a hold of his life and, and put him in this position to use his military training and his faith in God to rescue people out of the most dangerous and, and, and God awful situations in the world. And then he went on to tell his story that he 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 began to ask god to speak to him and direct him and help him to make decisions day to day and he said when you start to listen to the voice of god that still small voice he speaks to you through his word in the bible and he speaks to you by his spirit in that in that in that small voice that knowing of what you ought to be doing and he said he asked god about this and he said i felt like god had told me that i needed To find my stepfather who abused me all of those years and tormented me. And I need to go tell him what God has done in my life. I need to share the message of the gospel with him. And and I need to forgive him. And he said, I had so much anger, so much bitterness in my heart. But I knew I had to obey God and I had to have the courage to go face him. And he said that uh, he ended up going to his childhood home. And as he walked up to the front door, he said, it was, it was terrifying because all of the memories of his childhood came back. All of the evil, all of the torment was being relived in his mind. And he knocked on the screen door and he said, it was opened by an 85 year old woman, I believe. And he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't mean to bother you. I just needed to come here because I grew up in this house as, as a young child. And she looked at him and she said, You grew up in this house? He said, Yeah. She said, Evil things happened here, didn't it? He said, Yeah. She said, "Uh, What's your daddy's name? And he said, Well, and he told her his stepfather's name. And she said, I bought this house from him 35 years ago. And when I took possession of the house, it had been abandoned, everything was left inside of the house. And apparently that had happened, he said, because that he and whoever else was in the home had, had escaped from this man by climbing out of a window and they never came back. And she said, I saved the pictures, the photographs that I found. And she went inside and she said, hold on. She came out with this little box that had photographs in it. And he looked in there and he said, that's me. The little kid with the, with the blonde hair, that's me. And she said, I want you to know that I have been praying for you for 35 years. I could tell evil things happened here and I've been praying for you. And he said, well, ma'am, God has answered your prayers. And he told her what God had done with his life and what he's doing now, rescuing people. And what that man had meant for evil, God managed to use it for good.
0: Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to health care. Are you tired of your health care the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's health care. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron.
1: I'm not exactly sure what happened with his stepfather, but apparently he discovered that he was now, maybe he was out of prison and and, and something and 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 he was living in a trailer down by a, a river's edge, and he went to that trailer because that was his mission. He went to that trailer and he saw his stepfather in there who came to the door and he told him who he was, and he said he could tell that he had had open heart surgery because he could see the scar coming down his chest, and he said that, that there was something inside of him. That wanted to just unzip his chest, reach inside of there, pull out his heart, dig a hole, bury it, cover it up, and take him and just push him into the river. Make up a story that his ticker just gave out. Not sure what happened to him. But instead, he told him that even though he was a victim of his evil and his abuse, that God had turned it around and used it for good. And, 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 and changed his life. And he told him about what he's doing now. And he said that that man was still hard and cold and even still and in his old feeble age tried to intimidate this big man who hunts monsters for a living. And then he said he discovered sometime later that his stepfather was on his deathbed in the hospital and he went to the hospital and I, I think he asked him if he ever thought about God. And I, I think he said, no, he didn't, cold hearted. And he said that he wanted to read the Bible to him. And apparently he said, read it if you want. And he said he, he was reading scripture to him. I, th- I think it was every day he came back or every couple days he would come back knowing he was on his deathbed. And then one day he said to his tormentor stepfather, You're going to die. You're near death's door. And every evil deed will not go unpunished because God is a God of justice. No evil deed will go unpunished because God is a God of justice. And you will be facing him soon. You have one hope and only one hope the cross of Jesus Christ where you can be forgiven and not suffer the wrath of God for your sin. And he went on to explain the gospel to him that that Jesus came into this world not only for people like you and me, liars and thieves, adulterers and blasphemers he also died for monsters and he himself took upon his flesh this the beatings and the sin of the world and the abandonment of god and with his blood purchased forgiveness for people like you and people like me and he said I want you to know that I, I have forgiven you. But you need God's forgiveness and your only hope is to turn away from your, your, your sin, repent of your sin and put your trust in the one God sent to save your soul. And he left and he said he came back the next day and when he walked in the door, his stepfather turned to the nurse and said, hey, nurse, you know who that is? That's my son. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of what he's doing. And he said, I had never heard those words in my life. The, 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 the son, the man said this, I've never heard those words from, from him in my life. And he said to the nurse, he's, he's concerned about, about me and where I'm gonna spend eternity, that things aren't right with me and God. And he said, but I want you to know something. You don't have to worry anymore because last night I made things right with God. And this man said in his heart, in his mind to God, well, my job is done. I've accomplished my mission. What else do you want me to say to him before I leave? What's the last words you want me to say to this man? And he said that God told him to tell him, tell him you love him. So he said he turned to his stepdad and he said, I love you. And the old man looked back at him and said, I love you too, son. That was, a, that was a moving story. I don't know the condition of that man. I don't know the state of his relationship with God. I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's in heaven or hell. But he said that he had never heard those words come from his stepfather. And he said, even though he was a monster, a man who committed unthinkable evil against him, he said they were still powerful words to hear. Those three words, I love you. And the power of forgiveness can change everything. I don't know if you ever think about the day that you're going to die. We're all going to die. We all have an appointment that we won't be late for. I don't know how much you think about it, but there's only one hope that you and I have to be forgiven of our sins, and it's the cross of Jesus Christ. I believe that with all of my heart. And he and he receives anyone who will come to him in repentance and faith. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your color of your skin, it doesn't matter your your sex, it doesn't matter your sin. Jesus came and his blood can wash your sin away and make you whiter than snow. Though our sin makes us red like crimson, he can wash us clean and make us whiter than snow. Because he paid the price at the cross. He died and he rose from the grave. He ascended into heaven and now he's ruling and reigning as king of kings and lord of the universe. And he can change your life. He can heal your heart. He can make you a new creation on the inside just like he did with this man. And he can make your life count for eternity. I was so inspired. I I hope this has been... uh, Impactful for you too, and I hope you won't let your head hit the pillow tonight without making sure that things are right between you and God. Young, old, sick, healthy, we all need a Savior, and we've got one in Jesus Christ. So, if you're a man, be a man of courage, be a man of good morals. We in the family of faith are in desperate need of courageous moral men to stand in the face of evil and tyranny and protect the innocent and protect liberty. If you're a woman of courage and a woman of morals, God bless you. Maybe you can help inspire some of the men who are wanting in these categories. I'm so thankful for you, so thankful for the American Campfire Revival uh, idea and the way that you're uh, sharing it with people, telling others about it, uh, inviting them to our campfire so that uh, together we we can not operate out of fear but operate out of faith and hope. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We want to see captives set free. We want our marriages and our homes to be liberated, and we want to see the knowledge of the glory of God flood this land just like the waters fill the sea. God bless
0: you. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.